Hello and welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and let's jump right into the news for this week. A couple more updates on the anime side delays. Hypnosis Mike Division Rap Battle TV anime series was delayed to October. It was originally scheduled for summer season, so it's getting pushed back one season. The Sayonara Tyranno film is being delayed as well, but no other concrete information about that really. Seems to be based on a manga for kids, so this isn't particularly anything I'm familiar with, but it's delayed. Moving on from the delays, Studio Durian is planning a feature-length film anime project for its previously released short, Shishigari. It was directed by Kiyotaka Oshiyama, who did Flip Flappers, uh, and has been a key animator on a bunch of other really good series. So this anime short, they're still looking for funding, essentially, and there's no real schedule for the production, but it looks like they're looking to expand it. I haven't seen this short, and while I do know the director, this is actually the first time I was hearing of it, so I'm going to try and see if I can find a way to watch it. But I'm always interested for cool and interesting new anime projects like this. Speaking of new project announcements, we're getting a new Love Live. Or another new Love Live, I guess I should say. The team behind Love Live has announced a completely new anime series that they'll be creating. Centered around a group of five girls who will be attending Yuigaoka Girls High School. We, uh, we got announcements for all the five girls so we got their designs their names i don't know if we got like any backstory or not but we got a pretty cool image as part of the announcement that shows a bunch of the characters in the area and things like that so i'm excited i really enjoyed the first two love live not seasons but groups both muse and aquars i'm more surprised that they just announced this new series when back in december they only just recently announced that Nijigasaki will be getting an anime soon too. So now we have two new Love Live anime series that have just recently been announced. So these are two totally different groups and all that as well. I know Nijigasaki is from the game School Idol Festival and that's where kind of they originate there uh, and we'll be getting an anime based on that. Whereas Yuigaoka is more like the first two, Muse and Aquas, where they're created outside of that, and then I'm sure they'll be added to the game or games at some point. But this is still big news for all Love Live and general idol fans, because now we have a totally new Love Live group, and it seems to be breaking the mold with only five members instead of the usual nine. So we'll see how that goes. Not that any of you asked, but my favorites from Muse and Aquars are obviously Dean and Yo, so take that as you will. Moving on, the Demon Slayer manga is now over. It just recently ended and published its last chapter, but fear not fans, uh, the author Gotoge will be creating a short spin-off series, and that is already planned and announced. If you watched the anime, and haven't jumped into the manga, it's a great time since it just ended and Shonen Jumps got their app with Viz, or you could of course buy the manga volumes as they come out and read them there. 
it's pretty hard not to recommend the Viz app or the Shonen Jump app specifically when the subscription is only $2 a month and you get access to their vault. I don't believe they have fully filled in the gap of chapters between the current volume published and the chapter that they had started simul-publishing again. I think there's still a gap. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact amount was the last time I checked, um, but they've probably made a pretty good amount of progress on it, though now is still a good time to jump in. You probably have plenty of content to read before you hit that gap anyway. We also have an update on another new anime series that I was interested in watching. It's actually been airing this season, and that's BNA, or Brand New Animal, the Studio Trigger series by the same director who did Little Witch Academia, Yoyoshinari. And this is a series I've had my eye on and been interested in watching for quite a while, and I've been holding back, mainly because it's just really frustrating when Netflix snags a license, which is why we're just getting an announcement from Netflix that they're finally going to stream it on June 30th. And I don't need to get into another Netflix rant on this episode, but suffice it to say, it's always really frustrating when they get a license for a currently airing TV anime series. We at least have a firm date. We'll be getting BNA Brand New Animal in the US on June 30th. We also just got a brand new visual and video introduction for Thunderbolt Fantasy's third season. Uh, this was previously announced anyway, so I've known that a third season has been in the works, but we just got, you know, this new visual and the video that confirms that production on the puppet side is completely done as of now, I believe. They said they wrapped up in March, I think, or so, which is great news. I don't know how many uh, standard anime fans out there got into Thunderbolt Fantasy, but I really did, and I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. The production is amazing. It's a wonder what they can do with those puppets. I'm completely engrossed in it. So forgive me for talking about Thunderbolt Fantasy because I essentially count that as anime news at this point, considering who it's directed by and how fundamentally anime it is at its core. So I couldn't help but share the good news when we heard more about season three. In light novel news, Honeyfeed will be publishing three light novel series digitally. Now, I wasn't actually super familiar with Honeyfeed. I know they function as kind of a web novel website where people can submit works to, and I think that's not limited to just Japanese. And I know they have works being submitted in English and Japanese, but this set of three novels specifically were originally Japanese. And they won QDOP's uh, World Novel Project writing competition. The premises sound pretty interesting, but here's the titles. First, we have uh, Burned Out Heroes by Big Bear. And it's my first time working late nights at a convenience store. And if I keep getting Demon Lords, Kappa, and other oddballs as customers, I'm giving my two weeks notice by Gaia. And finally... I'm Taking Revenge from My Murdered Classmates Using Weapons Made from Their Souls by Akira Izun. So even just by the titles, I mean, they have pretty light novel titles. We'll be getting these series translated into English and published on Honeyfeed. I'm willing to give them a shot, just like I said before about new publishers and new series. So this will be 
quite the adventure, seeing how Honeyfeed handles this, which will likely be their first foray into either kind of simul-publishing, maybe like J-Novel Club does, or maybe they'll just do the volumes. I'm not sure if we have that information yet, but these are primarily web novels on the website, and I think specifically these three are being marketed as light novels. So maybe we'll be getting, you know, these as adaptations. So I guess I'll just wait to hear more and report back. Or have any of you listeners heard of them, read them, know anything about them? Hit me up on Twitter or leave a comment on the website. I'd love to hear if you use Honeyfeed. I mean, I've never used it. So if you have, let me know what you think. That actually wraps it up for the news. So here is your general spoiler warning. As usual, I'm not going to talk about any real specific spoilery plot points or anything of you know huge important value to the plot, but I will be speaking in general about the following recommendation. So if you don't like knowing absolutely anything at all about something going into it, then come back after you read it, please. <laughs> but definitely come back and listen again. So I realized I've always been like hiding these titles before I announced them sort of by like alluding to them and kind of sort of talking about them. And then I put it right in the title of the podcast episode. So you already know what I'm going to talk about before you even got to this point in the podcast. So it's kind of stupid now that I realized to beat around the bush with whatever the recommendation I'm going to give is. So without further ado, it's Restaurant to Another World by Junpei Inuzuka. But you already knew that, because you could see it in the episode title in the show notes. Really weird, I don't know why I never noticed that, and I kept like beating around the bush on what I was going to talk about, but then I put it right in the title. Well anyway, now that my weird realization is finished, let's talk about Restaurant to Another World. So it's published in English by Seven Seas. There are four volumes out currently. The fourth volume just came out. It looks like, based on Seventeen's website, that the next volume, Volume 5, will be out in January. And I don't know if that means digitally or print, because they have different schedules for digital and print. So when I say Volume 4 is out, I actually specifically mean digitally. It is not yet available in print. They do early digital releases, and for a lot of light novels, I actually prefer digital these days because it's easier. I really don't have any shelf space for so many things, and I've started wanting to move a lot of light novels to digital, unless it's something that I feel that I really want like on my shelf, which is leaving me to a lot of recent conflictions where I've been buying ebooks for series, come to really love them, and then they're getting published again uh, physically, and I'm not sure what to do, whether I you know, double dip and buy them physically, and wait to read them, or if I keep buying them digitally and read them, and then buy them physically just to have them. Yeah, it's a mess being such a an avid collector and fan. But anyway, we're here to talk about Restaurant to Another World. So because Volume 4 just came out and only digitally, I'm not really going to talk about it too much. And also because I've only just started reading it. I read the first chapter, and normally with a light novel volume, I pretty much cover to cover it in one sitting, especially if I have the time. And right now, I definitely do. I finished work, and I actually 
just today, right before recording this, I finished volume seven of Ascendance of a Bookworm, which the J Novel Club Simul published just finished the final part for, so the volume is completed. And so when that happens, I sit down and I read the whole thing. And I did that after work today. Actually, I'd really, really love to talk about what happens in Descendants of a Bookworm. This is the final volume of part two, but that's not what this episode's about. And I already talked about Ascendance of a Bookworm and how much I love it and how great I think it is. And I'll probably revisit that again at some point, uh, whether that's the anime or just an update on the light novel, especially now that part two's over. Anyway, what I was getting to there is that I normally read a book front to back and I don't really have a lot of pause between there. I like to just read everything I can get my hands on. Restaurant to Another World, however, is completely different for me. It is one of very few types of stories that I can read one chapter and be very content for my, that being my like portion of reading for that time. I can, of course, just barrel through it, but I actually find myself enjoying it more when I spread it out. That's specifically because Restaurant to Another World is very different from a lot of other light novel series. And I guess let me back up by explaining what kind of story it is so this makes more sense. Just like the title says, this is all about a restaurant. On Saturdays only, this restaurant, called Western Cuisine Nekoya, the front door of it, when it opens, actually allows people from another world to come in and visit. So there's, there's a whole explanation for this, but essentially doors show up in this kind of parallel isekai type world. It is not an isekai series in the traditional sense at all. There is nothing like that. It sort of merges two worlds together through this gate or the door. So the door shows up at a bunch of places in this other world and people come through to dine at Nekoya. And this is only on Saturdays. It doesn't allow any further kind of world travel, and it's not at all an adventure series or anything like that. The whole point of this story is all about the food and the people who come to eat the food. So every chapter, its title has a different dish or a different food. And so every chapter focuses on usually whatever patron of the restaurant really favors that dish. Now there's a lot of overlap. And there's a lot of recurring characters that we start to see and learn about who come from different parts of this uh, alternative world. In essence, each chapter is all about one dish. And that's what really sets this story apart. There is an overarching um, world building, I guess. I, I wasn't going to call it a story because it's there is kind of a story. We do get introduced to more characters and and that's actually how they do all the world building for this alternate world. Each character they introduce is from a different area, knows different things, does different things, and that's that's how they flesh out this other world. There's all these characters who come into Nekoya wanting to eat their favorite dish or drink their favorite booze or whatever it is, and we get to learn about the circumstances on the other side of that door. So it is a rather relaxed and slow series. The plot is always about food. Everything revolves around the food. The characters are all centered on their favorite dish. You know, a lot of them even go by a nickname based on their favorite dish, or that just is their favorite dish. Like, 
people known as pork cutlet or curry rice or croquet, you know, fried shrimp, things like that. So everyone has their favorite dish, and, and that's why for me, this series I enjoy a lot in nice bite sized portions. I could, of course, read it, you know, end to end, but that feels like a waste for such a, a nice, enjoyable series. If I have some time, I'll sit down and read a chapter. In between other books, in between tasks, on a break from work maybe, I can just read one chapter and that I'll have its focus on some specific character and food they love and how either they got introduced to Nekoya or their story that connects them to Nekoya. And then I can put it away and come back for the next chapter another time. A number of characters have connections to each other outside of the restaurant or they have gained connections because of the restaurant and then have connections outside of the restaurant as a result of that. Because of that, story progresses, you know, both in the restaurant and out. Like I said, all the world building is done through these characters that they introduce who, you know, have their own door that they come through, through various circumstances, and their favorite food. Well, as of Volume 3, again, not really a spoiler, but three main employees of the restaurant to talk about. You have the master, and as of Volume 3, and what I've read of Volume 4 so far, they haven't named him in the story, so it's not that he doesn't have a name, but they haven't given it to us, so they just call him or refer to him as the master, uh, and he is in charge of running the restaurant, obviously. Aletta is the first employee that joins from the other world. She is a member of the demon species or race, I'm not really sure, but she joins as an employee of the restaurant in the first volume. I believe in the third volume is when we get Kudo. Now, I haven't mentioned it up to this point, but you probably know this already, Restaurant to Another World actually has an anime adaptation. So if you've seen the anime, you, you know who these three characters are. Uh, if you haven't, the main point there is that there are three kind of central characters within the restaurant, the master, and you have your two waitress staff, Aletta and Kudo. And then, of course, you have all the customers. Some of them are kind of important to what overarching story there is, and there's a bunch of recurring characters as well that are somewhat important to the developments outside of the restaurant, but the main focus is definitely the restaurant and those three. One kind of big difference that I remember from the anime to the light novels are that Kuro is introduced a lot earlier in the anime, and so is Aletta. I think she was introduced in like the first episode. But really, she doesn't show up until essentially the end of Volume 1, I think. Or at the very least, somewhat later in there. And then Kuro shows up a lot later in the novels, so Volume 3, than she does in the anime series. The other thing is that the anime series kind of pick and chose what chapters and stories and characters to adapt. So there's actually a ton of other characters and stories and world building that don't make it at all into the anime. Uh, because of time constraints, obviously. They only had 12, 13 episodes to work with. I don't remember the exact number right now. But they only had one season. So there was only so much they could do. And this is kind of one reason, even if you watch the anime, it's absolutely worth it to go back and read and start from volume one. I'd probably say that for pretty much every series, light novel or manga otherwise, because I'm just biased that way. I'd really never skip ahead, if that makes sense. 
I'm always a fan of just, if I like something and I like the anime, then I'll just go ahead and start it from volume one. Because there's bound to be more stuff for me to enjoy, even if I've already seen the kind of main story or plot play out in another format. However, if you're not quite like that, there's still enough reason to jump in from volume one. There's a ton of stories and characters and food that don't make it to the anime. And that's true of the first three volumes. They really do take a like mishmash of chapters. They're all kind of out of order and and it's not really a big deal and it doesn't change anything for the anime. But the novels will not follow what you remember from the anime specifically. A lot of the chapters will be in different order. You'll get introduced to characters differently and in a different order. But again, none of that's really important, I guess, because the series is so episodic. Every chapter is about a different food and a different character. Like I said, there's recurring characters either in the background or just as part of the story, but each chapter has its main focus. And I think that's what somewhat sets it apart from the anime. Each episode had kind of its, you know, A and B halves, which did the same thing, focused on a new character and a new food. But you just get so many more in the light novels. I mean, if I'm looking at the first volume alone, there are 20 chapters, or 21 if you count the special chapter. And if I look at volume 2, there are another 20 chapters with another special. Same thing with volume 3. So there's essentially 20 different dishes and characters that we get to read about each volume. And each character brings more world building brings more dishes to read about, brings more of the world to life. And that's one thing I really, really like about this series. Each chapter builds on everything that's come before it. Those first 20 chapters can feel somewhat disjointed because some of the characters that we get introduced to are so siloed from the rest of the characters and their favorites sometimes. But as volume 2 and 3 progress, there's so much more overlap now. We've learned of so many characters and, and so much of the world outside of Nekoya that we actually start seeing a lot of the connections and how things are weaved together through that. And so this is a series that, for me, really builds on itself over time in a way that some other stories, I mean, I'd hope most stories do, but I really like the way that Restaurant to Another World does it. This is, in my opinion, quite unique in terms of format to most light novels. It has no preoccupation with doing anything other than introducing new food and new characters who love that food. Now there is, like I said, some like bigger overarching story role building stuff going on, but it really takes a secondary position to the food and the characters. Now I keep coming back to this point, but reading each chapter about a different food always makes me want to cook more. I did a whole episode a little bit ago about cooking and food series, you know, cooking with wild game and delicious and dungeon. You should definitely check those out if you like cooking or food <laughs> at all and listen to the episode about and what I talk about there. I love cooking. I love food, but I really like cooking. Reading each chapter about these different dishes and kind of how they're made the flavors that the characters are experiencing always just makes me want to make stuff. I've actually made quite a few recipes and dishes from this series. Maybe not recipes, because some of them are, they don't go into enough detail about how it's made. And some of them, I already know how it's made. 
For instance, one of the ones that has kind of inspired me the most and I've really added to my repertoire of, of dishes is pork soup or tonjiru in Japanese. It's more of a pork miso soup. It uses a lot of kind of root vegetables and, and you simmer it down for a little while and you flavor it with miso paste and it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I've had it before in Japan, but I'd never made it. And reading it in Restaurant to Another World just really want, made me want to make it. So I did. Normally, one thing I love to make at home is home-style Japanese curry. So anytime I make that, I buy extra ingredients and a couple of different ones. And I make curry. And then in a few days after that, I'll make pork soup or tonjiru. And then I can freeze the leftovers of both. And I actually have some in the freezer right now from my last batches. But it's wonderful. I get two different recipes and two different dishes from a lot of overlapping ingredients. And the method to make them is actually very similar. So it feels kind of like I'm making the same thing twice in a row, but I've actually ended up making something totally different. So it's really wonderful. Highly recommend you combine those two and do like a week where you do Japanese curry, then tonjiru. Definitely recommend you try that. Plus, tonjiru is really great with just a nice bowl of white rice. I've been doing brown rice recently. It's great with a nice medium grain rice or short grain. It's also good with some bread, but I normally always go for the rice. I also learned from this series that you can steam potatoes and they turn amazing. All my life, I've always thought that the only real good way I liked cooking a potato was roasting it. Roasting any vegetable makes it awesome. I don't know that... I there's a single vegetable that I look at and don't think, what if I just roasted that? I don't know if that's a bias or because roasting things really does make them awesome. I've always loved roast potatoes. It's great. You get a nice crunch, a nice flavor, if you do it right, of course. But what I learned from this series is that if you steam them, throw in some salt and butter, boy, is that delicious. It's actually really freaking good. I've never been a big fan of boiling potatoes. I feel like it makes them weird and dried out and I don't know, it's not my favorite. Maybe they're being overcooked, I don't know. But steamed potatoes seals in all that delicious flavor. You leave the skin on too and you just split them up, toss on butter, salt, pepper. And if you're feeling adventurous, you can throw on some scallions or green onion, nicely chopped up. And if you really want to make a whole meal out of it, some shredded cheese, some bacon, some sour cream or bacon bits. Yeah, then you basically got yourself a loaded potato. Sounds amazing, right? And steaming them, it's so easy. I have a rice cooker. I throw them in the steamer basket, set it for, you know, an appropriate amount of time for your size of potatoes, wait, and then boom, I've got awesome steamed potatoes. And there's so much flavor. I just never knew you could steam potatoes like that and have them turn out delicious. Steaming is not such a common cooking method here in the West. I don't really steam a lot of foods in general. So this game is quite a shock to me and sort of to everyone I've introduced them to or explained to that, you know, roast potatoes are amazing. But what if you tried steaming them? Some of the other foods that the different chapters focus on really makes me crave going back to Japan and, and just diving into a restaurant or a nice little diner, or, you know, something and just chowing down on a lot of this like delicious food that I miss that I just can't get here. And so that, that does make me really nostalgic for my time in Japan sometimes where I'm like, man, I really miss just heading down to the local like diner down the street. It's not a diner like you think here, but like a Japanese style diner. They have all these cheap, delicious food 
that you can just you know have your pick from kind of like diners here man some of the chapters really just bring that out more than others necroya they call it a western cuisine type restaurant so they do a lot of western food as well and those definitely give me some ideas for cooking but they throw in some really really japanese stuff as well like classic or iconic japanese food and this series just always makes me hungry and want to cook that's another reason i try not to read like more than one chapter in a sitting just because i want to enjoy that one chapter and that one food and if i read too many at once it's going to make me want so many different foods all at once that i'm going to have to just line my next week up to cook a bunch of different foods and i'm not always up for putting that much effort into meals for just me so some of them I save when I'm having guests or, or family or friends, things like that. But with all this stuff going on, it's a little harder to get up the motivation to make some of the more complicated dishes from the series. But I guess that's more of a personal problem, <laughs> not something that all of you listening or who will read this probably care at all about. But hey, if you're a fellow, you know, person who likes cooking, eh, maybe you'll have the same kind of thought. Anyway, to kind of wrap up my thoughts here, I think Aletta and Kudo, as employees of the restaurant, were great additions to the story and really kind of broadened both the, the world of Nekoya and the interactions with a lot of the guests for the Master. It helps give us the perspective of someone from outside, from the other world, on the restaurant, whereas kind of initially it was just the Master reacting to and interacting with people from the other world. Now we have these employees from the other world who are here reacting to you know both people from their world and also the master and the restaurant itself so now it's not just people new to the restaurant or you know maybe old regulars but people reacting to the restaurant itself it just gives another side of the story and another bit of perspective and i really appreciate that for this story it also really helps that as characters Every single person in this story absolutely loves some form of food or dish that is made or offered at the restaurant. Everyone loves food, and so as a fellow food lover, it's so easy to, to jump into this and, and really get into all the descriptions of food and, and the taste and all that. This isn't, you know, kind of the crazy cooking like you might expect from something like Food Wars, where... It's all over the top reactions and very shonen battle type things. This is nothing like that. The cooking is very real, very standard. And I know Food Wars has realistic dishes that can be made, and I've actually learned to make some stuff from that before. But Restaurant to Another World is, is very real in that respect. It's all real diner restaurant food. It's something that you can easily find or make. It's not high-end gourmet stuff. All of it is something you'll either recognize, have heard of, or it's not going to be particularly confusing or like over the top. The master isn't inventing new dishes here. He's, he's serving and making either well-known dishes, well-liked, that kind of thing. Each chapter brings a mix of Western and Japanese cuisine, which I do appreciate that there's a good variety of dishes that they talk about and introduce. Series like this really helped me broaden my horizons in terms of things that I want to make for dinner. Every time I read a chapter, I'm like, all right, I'm making that for dinner. 
Although some of them cover dessert, and I'm not huge on sweets personally. I don't really have to make those. But a lot of these chapters have had me walking away being like, man, I could really go for that now. Whoops, I got sidetracked by the food again. <laughs> That's what happens in a story and a series like Restaurant to Another World. So anyway, that that's kind of pretty much everything I wanted to say and wanted to talk about for this recommendation. There are four volumes out digitally. Restaurant to Another World is just such a nice, laid-back, relaxed story about food. The character building and the world building is all done relaxed at its own pace. I really, really like that about this story. And I also really like the anime as well. But I feel like the light novel does such a good job of each chapter starting you over, building up this new character who comes in and is in love with some specific dish or food from Nekoya. Each one builds the world out more and more and more. And so for me, this series really does just grow and grow and grow as we get more volumes. They're not super long, about 300 pages, kind of standard light novel fare in that regard. So it's a nice, light, easy read. And while I definitely read some more serious stories, the ones I find myself drawn to kind of in my downtime are some of the more lighthearted ones. And that includes Restaurant to Another World, an easy go-to to pick up a chapter whenever I want. So that's it. That's my recommendation for this episode, Restaurant to Another World by Junpei Inuzuka, published by Seven Seas. And if you end up liking the light novel, if you haven't seen it, go watch the anime. It's also really worth it. It's a nice, fun, lighthearted show. I mean, just like the light novel, but it's cool to see it animated. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. You can follow my Twitter, IamDocPay, for updates. And please, if you like the show, or if you don't, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let me know what you think. I always love to hear feedback from people and try and improve the show, the format, the content, you know, anything. I also recently updated subscription links for this show. So if you're listening to it, you've probably already found that. But feel free to subscribe again to the podcast wherever you listen. Occupied should be everywhere. I'll catch you next time.